Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the top 10 of anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. 10, 9. So you have a bunch of chords, some words written on a page, some instruments, and maybe even some melodies. And any mere mortal would have no idea what to do next. But there are some, some that can turn shapes and sounds into timeless, beautiful, uplifting, life-changing moments in time. The songwriter can fill and break your heart with one hook and one lyric. Here's Neil with 10 Songwriter Facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So here we go. So, Paul McCartney is the most successful songwriter of all time. His song Yesterday was the most covered, or is the most covered song. <laughs> Max Martin has written 25 Billboard Top 100 number ones for the likes of Backstreet Boys, Kelly Clarkson, Britney Spears and Taylor Swift to name but a few, but claims he can't sing. The biggest selling star who didn't write his own songs was Elvis Presley. And another super selling star who didn't write his own songs is none other than Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Rod Temperton. Not a name you might know, but you'll know his songs. He famously wrote Thriller. But he also wrote more, including for Shaka Khan, George Benson, and Quincy Jones, just to name a few. The longest song ever written is Earth and the S, Symphony of the Crown at a whopping 48 hours, 39 minutes and 35 seconds. And according to the Guinness Book of World Records, Napalm Death's 1989 song, You Suffer, is the world's shortest song written at just 1.3 seconds long. And the oldest song to be known to have been written is the Hurarian Hymn Number no. 6, which is believed to be at least 35,000 years old. And the average song length written is 3 minutes and 42 seconds long. Ah. 
That's it, isn't it, Neil? That is it. That is it. That, that is, is it. it. Well, we are here this week to try and work out who the number one songwriter of all time is. And joining us, ladies and gentlemen, is one of our Patreon pals, all the way from the US of A, it's the lovely Crystal. Welcome back, Crystal. <laughs> it's so good to have you back. So good to have you back. Um, right, the question I wanted to ask about songwriters. Now, I was when I was trying to work out my top ten, which was very, very hard. Very hard. How I'm going to ask both of you, obviously, but starting with you, Crystal, how have you worked out your top 10 songwriters? Now, is it songwriters that you feel have had the most impact or in regards to the songs that you love yourself? So, Crystal, which way have you gone? Uh, for me, um, I really went impact to me. Um, I have always been uh, very moved by lyrics. And so at different points in my life, um different songs, different songwriters have really impacted me. So that's really, really where I drew from as opposed to what other people might feel are the best. Right. Okay. Neil, what about you? Very, very similar. It's all um, people or songwriters that are personal to myself and mean a lot to me through the songs they've written and the career they've had or had. So, uh, that's, it. That's how I did it. Because the other thing you got to look at when it comes to, I was just in music in general. Mm. And I'm sure, I'm sure that my parents said the same thing in the 80s when I was listening to Frankie Goes to Hollywood and Spandau Ballet and all of those kind of bands. They're like, oh God, you know, this is just throwaway music. No one's mm. going to be singing this in 30, 40 years time. And when I, and I, I listened to things like, even the big stars of today, like let's say Ed Sheeran and Harry Styles, I think are people really going to be singing those songs in like 40 years time when you think of people still love the Rolling Stones and still love the Beatles? I don't know. Crystal, do you agree with that? Or is that a sort of thing you think about? You know, I think it really, as people get older, they drift back to what was important to them when they were younger. So, yeah, I think in 30 years, you're going to have a generation who looks back on today's music and and remembers it fondly and keeps it alive. Not mm. necessarily all of it, but I think there's definitely going to be those artists, those songs that, that continue. Yeah. Mm, completely agree i think um it's all generational isn't it i think the generation that are listening to the likes of ed sheeran i won't say too much about him I'll probably no get i know, more no trouble. know yeah yeah no it's not the thoughts i just suddenly thought i might get into trouble um but the likes of that i think they will they will last because it's of their time isn't it and music is relevant to what you were doing at that time so the 80s were very precious to ourselves pav and things like that and that's why we heart back to them and, and likewise for the the older generations back to the 60s it's it's all it's all part of growing up isn't it you know yeah but uh, i mean people like say mick jagger and um keith richards or lennon and mccartney they were there at the start so the mm. stuff that they were doing is the stuff that you know without lennon and mccartney i don't think they would have been oasis yeah so it's that those kind of songwriting styles but because they were they because they were the first ones, mm. they're held more in high regard. I, or does that, well, don't I forget don't what John Lennon said. If there wasn't Elvis Presley, there wouldn't have been the Beatles. Exactly, he famously said that. So, and obviously, Elvis didn't write his own stuff. It was no, but he was all these amazing by, songwriters. Yeah, but obviously, a lot of his songs and his music was inspired by like the um, 
you know, the the gospel and that sort of um, music, wasn't it, when it came through? So, yeah. and the, yeah, and the rhythm think, and blues and yeah, there's. I think that's, that's all it is is inspiration, and and it's nice that songwriters continue to inspire young people to keep them going. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm fascinated to know uh, what you both have in your top ten. So, I'm Crystal, me. kick us off with your number ten. Okay, so for my number 10, it's the woman, the myth, the legend, Miss Dolly Parton. Oh, okay. What's a legend? Um, now, I will say I've, I had, I think, about 30 different ones on my, on mm. my like, pre-list, if you like, and Dolly yep. Parton was definitely one of them. Yeah, she's just, I mean, she can tell a story song, and, I mean, she wrote, I Will Always Love You. I mean, everybody, you know, knows the Whitney Houston version, but she she's the OG. She wrote it. She sang it, you know, and then she's got, you know, the fun songs like nine to five, which really says something. If you listen to lyrics, it's really talking about what women go through in the workplace even now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then and, and Jolene. I mean, even if, even if the only song she ever wrote was Jolene, yeah. it's, it's just an amazing song. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I completely agree with you with Dolly Parton. I mean, she's not in my top ten, but she was up there in the in the sort of high teens. She's written timeless classics. That's what she's done, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, that, I think that's a that's a hard thing to do. I mean, it's easy to write. So- well, not easy, but it's easier to write songs of the time rather than something that's going to stand the test of time. Well, that's a mark, I think, of a good songwriter is somebody mm-hmm. that those songs will transcend the decades. Yeah. It doesn't matter what decade that song comes comes out. It will just it will be a classic. And the one thing I would say for my top ten, and I'm, I've I've written songs in my time, right? So there are, there are times when you can very simplify sing songwriting, which I think is what I can. I only know like four chords on a guitar, and if you know four chords, you can basically play the entire songbook of Oasis because that's basically <laughs> what it is. It's and and you can write. And I think as much as I love Noel Gallagher, and again he's not in my top ten his songs can be very simple and you know mm. you could you could easily write so that's why he's not in my top 10 i've picked people that i listen to their songs and think how did you write that mm. how did you come come with just the melodies or the just the, the arrangements but dolly parton is one of those ones that you wouldn't know how i wouldn't know half the songs that she's written Mm. But and it, and it blew my socks off when I found out that she'd written "I Will Always Love You" because it was just it was a Whitney Houston song, mm-hmm. and then because I think wasn't it in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? Wasn't that the the movie it, that it, she wrote? It was, it was, and the story behind it is um, she was um, partnered with Porter Wagner in the sixties, um, and they had a falling out, and on his deathbed, she actually wrote that song for him. You know, to say, you know, no matter what we've been through, I will always love you. Wow. Well, that's good. Go. I'm glad that there was like that, because if he, she'd have sat on his deathbed and wrote, he's going to die, he's gonna, <laughs> it would have been really nasty, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> don't think it would have been quite a bigger hit, I don't think, for Whitney Houston um, a few yeah. years later. Uh, that's a good story. Okay, then, Neil, you're number 10. 
Uh, it's Benny and Bjorn. Oh, that's my number five. Is it? <laughs> yes. There we are. So, well, we talk about timeless classics and foot-tapping um, songs. Uh, they're the masters of it. For people that don't know, Benny and Bjorn were from ABBA. Um, yeah. In case people don't know. Are you going to try and say their last name? Or no. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Benny Anderson and Bjorn Ulveus. I think that's oh, how I you're like supposed that. to say that's it. Very, uh, <laughs> Scandinavian, very isn't it? Very yeah. nice. Hello, family. Um, <laughs> but their um, their songs have held the test of time, and, and it's testament now with the the theatre in London that they've got, and um, the, uh, the well, the the stage show that they have. What is it? Holograms of themselves, but yeah, and and through to the musical, the Mamma Mia musical movies. Uh, I mean, it's just I don't. I've never met anybody that doesn't like at least one ABBA song. There we are. That's how that's how bold a statement I'll make. Crystal's gonna blow you over now. She's gonna say, oh, no, "I hate no. them." Oh no! I I love Abbott. I can't I can't help but smile when I think of them because yeah. you know it's you, you go you know with Dancing Queen. It, it's how can you not like bop around and smile mm. with that? Yeah. Exactly. And they love these boppy like tunes, but the lyrics have got a little bit darker meaning in some of them, haven't they? If you listen yeah. to them. Yeah. So they are one of those songwriters <laughs> that one song, like you say, you can be bopping to at a, di- mm. a, a wedding or something like that. And then the next minute, they are like heartbreaking mm. tunes with beautiful melodies. Uh, yeah. That's why they're my number five. I mean, you can, again, I've spoken so much on these music podcasts that we do about ABBA. They're indestructible songs, but it's mm. it's one hell of a skill to keep writing such great... Po- Their greatest hits. I don't know if we'd ever do a top 10 greatest hits albums, but that would have to be up there because I don't well, think... would be in the be, top 10 for they sure. They don't have to there be. There spoiler. isn't a bad song. You could pick twenty of their songs that well, would go. They do know. two volumes as well. I think they did. Yeah, yeah. I think they did. Crazy, crazy. Right, my number ten is probably going to be controversial, uh, and he wasn't in my top ten originally, and I thought I have to put him in, and it's John Lennon. He's probably going to be higher in a lot of people's, or maybe even number one. I don't know, but in regards to the Beatles, his songs are not my favorite Beatles songs, but you can't deny just what he brought to music him mm. and McCartney together but I mean I mean they didn't write all of their stuff their early stuff they basically wrote together didn't they and then they shared yeah. the songwriting t- credit even though as you see from the get back documentary they helped each other with all their songs yeah um not a massive fan of his solo stuff I mean there's Are obviously gr- no there's there's some great songs Mm. But I think there's also a lot of, once Yoko Ono got involved, there was a lot of <laughs> experimental avant-garde stuff. What's that, wrong with all of that? What, the yeah, 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 stuff I just can't be doing But you with. know, you can't argue with the perfection that is Imagine. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Exactly. And there's, there's, I mean, Woman is a great song, and um, the other ones, which I can't remember now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give Peace a Chance is a great Working song. Working Class Hero. Working Class Hero yeah. is a great song. There are there are great songs that he's done. Mm. Um, and even I sort of thought, is that right to put John Lennon at number 10 in the greatest songwriters of all time? Look, there's no right or wrong answer, is right. it? There it's is no right or wrong. wrong. It's not, but it, but it, and there's part of me that's sort of thinking, is it cooler? Is it more trendy to put him up higher because he is, uh, he is an icon? And mm. I don't know. But... Uh, Strange that 
neither of you have said anything so that either means he's not in your top tens or he's number one so well that's, that's an early spoiler if not no. <laughs> yes. uh go on then, crystal your number nine please my number nine we'll see if this one's controversial martin gore from depeche mode okay okay no um, yeah again you know harkening back to the lyrics you know I don't know a, a girl who was a teenager in the 80s who didn't listen to somebody on repeat. Mm. Um, blasphemous rumors, people are people, master and servant. I mean, and that's, he said a lot in his songs, but they were really interesting musically as well. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, that's, Again, it's it's a function of me being a child of the eighties. I think I you know, there aren't a lot of people I think that are gonna have Martin Gore on their list. But for me, when I start thinking about it, he he could not be on mine. Mm. No. And it what a um what a change. I mean, in their style really, wasn't it? They went from doing this sort of synth pop little outfit to the emo goth loving it's, it was a huge transition. It was yeah. almost shocking when you, if you were around at the time. But. I can make it yeah. per, personal Jesus, wasn't it? it? Was the one that he, they sort of all grunged up a little bit. At, was it personal it? Jesus? Yeah. I think or was it was. It? Yeah, yeah, because um, David Gahan grew his hair out, didn't he? And That's he had, it. Like, yeah. tattoos well, and everywhere. he got his own demons, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it always seems to me. I, I don't know. Whether, do, do the Americans like Depeche Mode more than? Uh, in the, the Britons, I don't know. I don't it just—it so. always seems I mean, to me that anybody we anybody we've spoken to say that they love Depeche Mode. Mm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Been... For me, growing up in Southern California, listening to K Rock, Depeche Mode was in you know yeah top mm. echelon. Um, well, K it was you know, K Rock that broke Depeche Mode in America, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. K Rock and Richard Blade. Yeah, and I just. Uh, it surprises me that they're not as popular. Hearing that they're not as popular in the UK, mm. oh, I, 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 think, I think they're I popular. Think they are because when they tour, um, I was going to say when they go, when they do do their tours, I mean they sell out so quick, even in this country. Mm. So they're gone. I mean, I've and, then, got and obviously they're massive are, in Europe as well, aren't they? Yeah, mm. and I've got friends that are absolutely mad on them and will pay any money to see them. So yeah, crazy. Was anyway, he? Going back, I think it might was was personal Jesus before Enjoy the Silence because I think it, I can't remember which way around it is, but it, it was either one of those songs that they changed their style, wasn't it? Enjoy the Silence was, was before I think because mm, that's quite that album. What well, I can't remember the name of the album that, that had gothy moments all through mm. that. So yeah, yeah, it was an interesting transition though between the two, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Very much because I can remember the actress Lysette Anthony was in the video for Personal Jesus. That's right. Yeah, sort of like with a low cut top on. I can't remember why I remember. I remember. <laughs> I honestly <Jesus. laughs> Or still is a beautiful lady. Yes, indeed. Go on, then, Neil, you're number nine. So it's the wonderful Sam Cooke, the man with the voice that I could just listen to all day. I love his songs. I mean, obviously, they don't speak volumes to me because of my circumstance, but um, they're just moving and beautiful and. It's quite often his greatest hits that I will go to sleep listening to that puts me at my resting resting phase. Um, <clears throat> are you a big fan of Sam Cooke, Crystal? 
I love Sam Cooke. And mm. I'm, I'm curious to know, is it more his voice or his writing? Well, the, some you? of the songs, when you when his little um, little love songs, and the fact that he wrote them himself at the time back then when he a lot of those artists didn't write their own songs like yeah. that. You know, they had other people. Um, they are, but they do, you know, they, they speak volumes. I mean, I think the Wonderful World is just a um, genius bit of songwriting. I think the lyrics are wonderful. That You know, that when you listen to it, you almost think they so, sound basic, but they're not. It's really quite a clever little song where it's written in, what was that, in the 50s, late 50s, early 60s? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, just, and it is his voice as well. I, I think the guy is probably had one of the best voices ever yeah mm. always reminds yeah. me of the movie witness wow the um, wonderful world oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely harrison ford trying to sing it mm. but yeah i just i love his songs I, I you know he's big up there and people are always shocked when i put him in these sort of things really you listen to that mm. yes i listen to it a lot and of course um if you ever go to graceland well i don't know whether it's still the same but when i went to graceland many years ago uh, the the Sam Cooke album was still on the turntable in the jungle room. It was the really? last, record, last record Elvis listened to before he passed. Wow. Oh, wow. There you go. That's a little fact for you. Well done, Neil. Yeah. Very good. Why wasn't that in your top 10 facts at the start of the episode? Well, because That's I 11 to facts. Say, we got I, I wanted to we can't say it myself. Yeah, we can't <laughs> say we don't give I our listeners give. value for money. We've yeah. got 11 facts today. It's one well, that too. I learned from my own travels. Well, that's fantastic. Okay. Uh, my number nine uh, was the lead singer and songwriter for ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, and it's Jeff Lynn. I, I, I was just watching TV a couple of weeks ago, and they had ELO live at Wembley from a couple of years ago. And I watched it for about half an hour. And it was a little bit like when you listen to Crowded House. You don't realise how many hit mm. songs they actually... Mm. And I was, I, I thought, I'm going to watch it until there's a song I don't like. And I watched it to the end of the concert. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you don't realise how many great songs... Now, I know some people say that a lot of their songs sound the same and they're very, you know, very samey. And even when Jeff Lynne did, um, what were they, what were they called? Travelling Wilburys. That had the same kind of sound to it, and he was always like classed as the fifth beat, or because of George Harrison's friendship with him and stuff. But my God, it was banger after banger. Mm. It was like this. Is, I mean, these songs are just fantastic, and every single one of them just written by Jeff Lynne. I actually started uh, listening to some of the greatest hits albums on uh, Apple Music as well, and it's just every song written by mm. Jeff Lynne. I've gone as how much he's worth. I mean, he must be worth <laughs> an absolute fortune. You know, and mm. it's amazing. He must be getting into his 70s now. He's probably in his still 70s. Still got wonderful brain hair. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Is it natural? I'm, it's well. No, I, I wouldn't have thought oh, so. No. I no, mean, you've probably, broken my illusion. <laughs> yeah, he's not got a, like a spot of grey in his beard or nothing. Beautifully yeah. curled hair. And I thought, well, that's what sex, drugs and rock and roll yeah. does for you. All these, all these rockers, and I'll tell you now, I wish I was a rocker. Because you look at all these rockers that, that they've done like sex, drugs, and rock and roll for 50 years, and they've all got amazing heads of hair. Look at Keith. I was going to say Keith Harris again. Keith Richards. <laughs> look at Rod Stewart. Look at Mick Jagger. Look at all these rockers, and they've yeah, got amazing Steven hair. Steven Tyler. Look, yeah. You think, how? And it's obviously that, you know, the, the sex and the drugs and the rock and roll, <laughs> that lifestyle just keeps their hair perfect. 
It shows you how much sex, drugs, and rock and roll I have when I've got no hair at all. <laughs> there you go. I think that just shows you. But yeah, so Jeff Lynn for me, um, fantastic Great, song. Right? I've forgotten about him. To be honest, <sighs> not in a bad yeah, way. I just him. yeah. Oh, right. well. Okay. We actually uh, saw saw him in a concert in LA a few years ago. It was fantastic. Really? Oh, yeah. Was that just him or uh, as the Electric Light Orchestra? It, it was as ELO, but at oh, this it? point, he's pretty much ELO. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, it was fantastic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would recommend anybody get a chance to go. And it, the beautiful thing was, like, they kept showing the crowd, and the crowd were obviously all in there late 40s 50s and 60s but they were all just dancing in the aisles it was like outside of a, it was it must have been a, like a summer's day at Wembley Stadium and everybody was just having such so much fun you know and I love seeing that with a crowd you know the people aren't taking it seriously they just mm-hmm. they don't care how bad they look or how silly they look they're all just dancing away and singing to each other it was just fantastic really really good uh right Crystal you're number eight then please okay I'm curious to see your reaction because I don't know if they're well known in the UK. Um, but Stephen Page and Ed Robertson from Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, oh I know the band okay. very well. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love their work. Their wordplay. Um, I've been a huge fan for uh, longer than I care to remember. I went on, you know, four B and L cruises. I mean, hardcore into the band, and. Um, just, I mean, if you just put everything aside and look at the Big Bang Theory theme. That, I that's mean, them, is it? Yeah. Right. What okay. they shoehorn in there and the facts and, and you know, how rapidly it goes by. It's like, how do you work Australopithecus into <laughs> a song naturally? <laughs> You know, if I had a million dollars, it's just, it's a fun song. It's like, if I had a million dollars, you know, I'd buy you a car. You know? (laughs) I didn't realize that's who it was that did. No, no, me. Did that song. Yeah, yeah. And um, they have a song, Harkening Back a Little Bit, and called Be My Yoko Ono. Oh, right. Okay. And it's talking about, I love, I love you like John Lennon loved Yoko Ono that much. And if you break up my band, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that on the video playlist. I'll put yeah. that song on the video playlist because yeah. that's quite apt. It is. They're, they're great with their lyrics. And they, again, there's another one that they can do really dark lyrics in a really peppy melody. And you don't really realize that you're, Hearing a song about, you know, falling off the ledge, washing windows. Yeah, but it's, the, their wordplay is fantastic. Okay. So what are the guys' names again? Stephen Page and Ed Robertson. Right. And okay. Stephen Page actually left the band in 2009 and uh, started a solo career. Oh, right. And his solo stuff is also very good. Right. Okay. Okay. That's something to put add to the list, Neil. I think yeah. of, our, of our homework. Um, okay, then. Right, Neil, you're number eight, then, please. Uh, it's none other than Peter Gabriel for me. I um, thought you'd have him in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I've been a huge fan. Um, well, obviously, was introduced to him with his solo stuff that I knew first because my mum and dad had, I think it's number four, which would have had solo number four. Yeah. 
uh, Peter Gabriel fought and just got into him, then went back and discovered his early Genesis stuff. Now, that's not for everyone. Mm. That's very proggy and very out there. Oh. But his solo stuff... Very Neil. That's very Neil. Very Neil, Neil yeah. Um, <laughs> his solo stuff is just uh, it's sublime. It, you know, he's not prolific. He takes 10, 15 years to write an album. And it shows, I think. You know, he's never happy until he... Um, until he's, you know, he, he's ready to release it. So however long that'll take. Now I just got to hope I can get to see him next year in concert because he's just announced another tour. Well, I'll start saving up now, Neil. You might be able to just get some back row seats if you... Uh... Well, I looked at the front rows and they were 186 <laughs> Well, not front rows, but the blocks at the front, yeah. 186 pounds. Is that all? Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Well, it's, it is when they're... Uh, when you I would snap money. them up, Neil. If you <laughs> can get it. them at that price, I would if snap I had, them if up. I had a hundred, there might as well be a million pounds because I haven't got 186 pounds at the moment. So, Well, if you had a million pounds, you could buy one of Crystal's cars, couldn't you? To be right. right. Yeah. But I love his songs, you know, right from his, his ballads. Um, yeah, we all know them right through to his upbeat ones. Um, and I still think So is probably one of the greatest albums of all time. Well, he sings my very favorite song of all time, which is In Your Eyes. Oh, oh beautiful great song. song. Great. I song. mean, that was made very popular by that film, Say Anything, wasn't it? That's With John right. Cusack holding yeah. that. But yeah, it's a beautiful song. And they do tend, I've, I mean, I've been lucky enough to see him live anywhere about five times, five or six times. And every show, he's finished with that. And it's lovely. He brings all the guest artists out and they all sing it together it's just superb and the whole audience sings i'd highly recommend it it's a beautiful song downside up is one of my favorite ones of his okay that was the from ovo wasn't yeah, it where he, yeah where he does that live when mm. him, i think it's him his daughter his daughter and they're upside down and, and they, they walk, yeah, yeah they walk in upside down on yeah this I big saw, that's the tour i saw ring. oh was Twice. it yeah yeah I'll put that on the yeah. video playlist because that is like really, really clever the way they do mm. it. And that's what he's good. He's not. He doesn't just sing his songs; that he performs his songs when he does. He them, does, he? and he, if you, that's what he, he gives you a stage show as well as a performance, which yeah. is absolutely fantastic. If you've seen the video of that show, he comes out in a huge hamster ball, mm. you know, one of those things, and goes around the stage. And when you, I've got the, the DVD of the making of the tour, and he initially wanted to go out over the crowd and round the crowd on this big thing. And then the insurance people said, we're no. just going to crush everyone. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Yeah, that's quite funny. Okay, my number eight, uh, if you have John Lennon, I feel you have to have George Harrison. So I've put George Harrison at number eight, mainly for the reason that he wrote, I think, my favourite Beatles songs. Right. Uh, which was something, and while my guitar gently weeps. Mm. Those two songs are my two favourite Beatles songs. Um, but when you look at, I mean, my whole idea of George Harrison changed after watching the Get Back documentary and the fact that I felt that he was always pushing against Lennon and McCartney, wanting his, just his mm. little space. And when he didn't get it, he decided to walk away. But when you watch him working out his songs, I Mean Mine was one of them, wasn't it? I think you see yeah. him like, working out and stuff. Um, and then a lot of his, a lot of his solo stuff. My sweet lord, obviously, is a great tune. Mm -hmm. Got my mind set on you. I always I love that one when it first came out. And when yeah. we were fab was another one I think he had from that yeah. sort of like yeah. Cloud Nine album. So I think he's very underrated as a as a as a songwriter. Um, but I and and maybe it is a bit controversial to have him above John Lennon. But 
the reason is, especially while my guitar, guitar gently weeps, I think is one of my favourite songs of all time. Well, there you um, go. That'll be what he's higher than. There you go. And especially, like I've said before, I think on this podcast, the live version um, that was, I think, at a George Harrison tribute concert where Prince does a guitar solo. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Uh-uh. One of the greatest mm. guitar solos you will ever see. And it was Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty, yeah. Um, George, George Harrison's son was there and they're all playing the song, all singing the song. Prince comes wandering on, puts a guitar on, just plays this and he keeps looking to see, are we going to go again? Like, let's, let's do it again. And he play, and when he finishes, it's one of the greatest rock and roll moments in I've ever seen. They finish the songs, they do like the thing where they hang on the chord and then he picks the guitar up, throws it behind him and just walks off. So someone else has to come and quick and, and catch the guitar. And he just walks off. So he's, he doesn't worry if anybody's going to catch the guitar behind him or not. He just throws it up in the air and walks off. So there's no sort of saying hello to every other mem- members of the band. He comes in, does what he needs to do. And as Prince normally does, he just pisses off. Off he goes. <laughs> and he doesn't give a, give a shit because he's Prince. It's fantastic. I'll put that on the video playlist without a shadow. Oh, yeah. it is, is that the one is... when he leans back on the crowd while he plays? Um, yes, I think it is. Because that's, that's phenomenal. Isn't I think it? The it trust is. that he has. Yeah, yeah. Thank God he's only a diddy. But... I know. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mm. Anyway. And that's a weird thing. I haven't put Prince in my top 10. How mad is that? How have I not put Prince in my top Anyway, that was my number eight. So, Crystal, your number seven, please. Number seven is the mistress of tearjerkers, Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, right. Um, Angel makes me cry every time I hear it. Yeah. Can't help it. Um, you know, she co-wrote I Will Remember You, which is... One of the first songs that I ever heard that made me interested in her. Right. Um, but she's just, she's got this way of weaving, you know, very emotional imagery into this, these really haunting melodies. And it just, if I, I've, I've told people, if you hear me listening to Sarah McLaughlin more than two songs in a row, please come check on me. <laughs> Because as much as I love her, she's she's not an uplifting soul. So yeah, it's it's a very specific um, mood that you have to be in. I think to listen to her mm. yeah. for very long. It's yeah. not it's not an artist I've heard a great deal of. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, I must get and have a good old listen. It's oh, it's yeah. it's when she loved me from Toy Story two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the one that breaks my heart every single yeah. time, every single time. Are her albums all as accessible? Each song on the album is accessible as the sort of hits, as I would say. Um, her earlier stuff, her uh, fumbling towards ecstasy album had um probably the most hits. Mm. Um, hold on and possession and things like that. Um, and then, you know, later she had, um, Angel, um, and Sweet Surrender was in there somewhere. So she's not like a hit maker. No. She's but... more of like a, like a Brandy Carlisle or a Joni Mitchell where you, she, she's great and you know her, but she's not, she's not getting up and playing the mm. hits. 
Yeah, it's just sometimes when you when you deep dive into somebody's album, you get the the hits or the known songs, and then the rest of the album always to me sometimes to me feels like fillers. Oh no, you're not going to get that with Sarah McLaughlin. She she wants to rip your guts out. Um, in you know seven seven to nine consecutive songs. Right, and it's on my list. Yeah, I'm going to have a deep delve into that. Yes, I think she's. um, You've only got to go on TikTok, and you'll hear a lot of her sad songs when there's ever a sad video that people. Yeah, you, you. you know, oh, Angel is one that like it doesn't. If it's about a dog that's being put down, or if it's somebody that's got like a terminal illness, that'll be the song that they'll, they'll uh, link okay. and play in it. You'll hear it at least fifty times on different mm. really sad videos. Yeah. Um, okay, then Neil, you're number seven, then please. Well, likewise, uh, some people find this artist very, very depressing, and some of his songs are Leonard Cohen. Um, wow! I now I thought that would be your number one. No, not quite. Okay. Well, yeah. no, obviously, no, it's number seven. But yeah. I thought, yeah. um, no, I'm a huge Leonard Cohen fan. His songs mean a lot to me. I grew up listening. It was a, it was a, an accidental discovery. I can't remember whether it was my parents or whether it was my auntie and uncle that had, um, I can't remember the name of the album. Anyway, um, when I used to play it on the vinyl and, and fell in love with his his, his deep voice um, and, and then started to really listen to the lyrics and then they meant a lot of me. And then when I went through my hard times, which everybody gets them he was there for me if that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. so he helped me through a lot of shit and i, I explained it on a previous one mm. you know if it be you will yeah. why it meant so much and, and a lot of his songs did that to me and it's the lyrics and i i get it why people don't like him and why people find it hard to listen to him but yeah it's just that i've grown up with it and it means a hell of a lot to me and to me, it's a sad loss. We've had a huge sad oh, yeah. loss. Mm. It, it's, it's weird, because like, he is sort of, well, in my mind, he's thought of as someone that does very depressing music and lyrics. And, oh, it, so the yeah, fact that and you were going through lovely. a hard time, and that was what sort of helped you through it. Well, if you think of the classic, which is actually not one of my favourite of his songs, but Hallelujah, which is covered... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Beyond yeah. death. If you actually listen to the lyrics, you got a very sad song, but the lyrics are actually uplifting in a certain yeah. ways, you know. Yeah. And that's what he does a lot. You know, he, he's got he's got the uplift and the tragedy of whatever's going on. And I don't know, I just find it more that I'm relating to it, whether it's because I'm listening to it at the time that I've been through the bad times or whatever has happened. And I still listen to him a lot now. And it, it just it makes me feel well, almost comfort or in a better place are you a fan crystal of lenica i i i am i'm not to the extent mm. um a, for me a little leonard cohen goes a long way but i have mad respect for him mm. what would you say would be the like accessible album or whatever of Leonard well cohen, i would yeah. say if you were on any of the, the streaming services just put on the playlist because that would be the easiest way because oh, right with every one of his albums there's going to be songs that you know even though they've taken me sometimes a while um to, to actually appreciate them and for them to grow on me but my favorite album is various positions i think it's just you know you've got if lenny cohen can do an uplifting song or an upbeat song he's got that on there and it's got the very melancholy song and everything like that but that's the album that that's my favorite album at the moment okay yeah okay thank you very much that is a surprise i must admit that was a surprise i put leonard cohen on the thumbnail 
specifically for you because oh, I thought bless. I thought well I'm going to put him on there because he's going to be Neil's number one so I'm going to put him <laughs> on there <laughs> so there you go okay yeah. my number seven uh, part of a, uh, a duo but also a, a massive solo star and it's Paul Simon uh, he was in he nearly made my top ten he really, really? did my yeah. number four he's your number four oh, yeah I think the one thing I was saying about like um Jagger and Richards and people like that. Is there anybody around these days that write pro- writes protest songs or writes songs that sort of really mean something? Because I got a feeling that people like Paul Simon were at the vanguard. You know, we're at the forefront mm. of that kind of thing, where a lot of their songs yeah. actually sort of meant so- not just meant something within the song, but meant something to like generation to that generation mm. of people. Because there was a lot. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on all the time isn't there you know there's wars going on all the time but i don't know paul simon seemed to be one of those people that sort of captured what people felt mm. at that particular time and and talking about somebody that makes songwriting look so difficult because the st- just watching him play sound of silence how mm. he's finger picking that guitar and making it look so easy and just the the intricacies of his melodies and his and his harmonies, you've uh, he's I mean amazing that he's only number seven in my in my top mm-hmm. ten because as a songwriter I there's very well in my mind there are six people that are better than him, yeah. but, <laughs> but there's someone that you know, I mean even going into the eighties with you can call me Al and Boy in the Bubble and all the mm. Graceland stuff and what the album was after that but but yeah. Just yeah. an, an amazing songwriter. So, uh, yeah. yeah, number four for you, Crystal. Yeah, um, April Comes She Will is my favorite. Um, it's not one that a lot of people know, but if you if you pull it up, it's it's a gorgeous song, gorgeous song. And then you know you've got Cecilia and Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah, the boxer and and Kodachrome. Kodachrome, which yeah. is just that. That sense of, you know, the memories and wanting to keep things and capture things. And, yeah, it's I I don't know how he conveys what he conveys. Mm-hmm. I, I, like you said, I don't know how he does that. No. With the no. songs that, that he wrote when it was Simon and Garfunkel, if he'd have just when they quit, if he'd have just quit, he'd have got in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It, but the fact that he then went on and solo and and still crazy after all these years, slip sliding away, mm. just more, just songs that are just absolutely fantastic, you know. And he got to sleep with Carrie Fisher as well. I mean, what more do you need? <laughs> right. I mean, goodness me. I mean, how, how much <laughs> win can there be for a man? I mean, goodness me. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if he got her to dress up like Princess Leia. I mean, I don't know. He might have done. He might His have own done. Mrs. Robinson. His own Mrs. Robinson. Uh, but yes, so yeah, so your number four, my number seven, uh, not in your top ten, Neil. Now, no, well, that's what I said. It, it kept going in and out, but I had to. I used everybody, like I said earlier, that meant something to yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah, got meaning, and not that they don't, but yeah, okay. It just, it's been my honourable mentions. I mean, I got a list as long as you're. Yeah, yeah. There. We're. I think we're all yeah, probably the same uh, with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay then, uh, Crystal, your number six, then please. Number six, again, not sure how, how popular she is in the UK, Stevie Nicks. Oh, I love Stevie Nicks. Right? I'd marry her tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. 
know, you know, the original gypsy, Mm. you know, and landslide, you know, she, she wrote that about, you know, difficult um, relationship with her father. And I related to that because I had the same sort of thing. I'm like, I feel you, Stevie. I feel you. And, um, you know, Edge of 17, Landslide. I mean, mm. she has just got it. I mean, you know, and add into that, she's got that voice. Mm, yeah. um, but you t- even if you take that out and you just look at her songs, I mean, they're they're gorgeous and complex. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What was the one she wrote about Lindsay Buckingham that went on the album, didn't it? Rumors album. Oh, I'm sure it was a rumors album. But anyway, oh, it had to have been because yeah. that's when they they did all. That's when they had all of their drama. Well, and that's Tusk what made the rumors. Well, wasn't yeah, good, yeah, and Tusk. Yeah, um, yeah. She wrote songs, obviously, for Fleetwood Mac as well. You know, obviously, yeah. with the help musically with um, Lindsay. But yeah, I, I'm. With I don't you know. Is it never going back again? Uh, yeah, I think it was actually. Is that the one? I think it is. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't it be, be you make loving fun, would it? Wouldn't be that one. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely not. Depends on think, the day, I guess. And to think she, when you, when you, if you, if you watch, there's a great um, Fleetwood Mac documentary that talks about all the troubles and everything like that, or was it just about the room, making of the Rumors album, whichever it is, but. The amount of cocaine that woman was snorting, it's a wonder that she ever managed to keep going. You could probably yeah. say that about a hell of a lot of people from the sitters. Yeah, but, couldn't you? But even people like, um, there's rumoured that even people like Elton John were saying, you better slow down a little. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she put a hole clean through her nose with that. Yeah, she did. Wow. Yeah. If you've got Elton John telling you to calm down, you know you're in serious <laughs> trouble. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, goodness, especially 70s Elton John. Wow. Okay. Go on then, Neil, you're number six. Now, Crystal might not know who this is, and this is my own little um, love. It's it's a guy called Fish, and he was the lead singer of a band called Marillion. And Marillion mean a lot to me in the 80s. They were my band and, and things, and I still love them to death. He left at the height of their success to go on his own. Um, some say to copy like Peter Gabriel, but think what you will. But I, I love his song. His his ability to write lyrics is phenomenal. Um, and how he manages to sing them, God only knows, because how he ever, ever bloody remembers them. He's not into the lyrics that rhyme. He's into a storybook of lyrics. Um, and I, it means a lot to me. Like I said, I grew up with him, listening to him, and now I've, I've managed to even speak to him personally, uh, which is wow. always great. So, yeah, I had to put him in there. Now, so he's, he's if, a lyricist more of a songwriter more than okay. a musician of a songwriter. He admits he can tinkle on a piano to write this, you know, get what he wants, but it's all about the lyrics. So are there particular songs I should seek out? Right. Well, if you go with Marillion, I mean, he did four albums with them in the 80s, um, starting with Script for a Justice Tear, Fugazi, which was their early stuff and very hippie. Misplaced Childhood It's probably their most famous one with the single Kaylee. I don't know whether that was a hit over in America. Uh, and then, then to Clutching at Straws. Um, he writes a lot. Of, he's from Scotland, so he writes a lot about Scottish culture, Scottish ways. 
Um, I would say start at the beginning if you want a d- deep delve, but I apologise if you don't like it because it is very proggy. But misplaced <laughs> childhood would probably be the most sort of accessible, accessible wouldn't it? The yeah. most sort of commercial. Okay. That's when he was in the band. So it's in the band Marillion. So yeah, yeah. Kaylee, Kaylee is a great song. Lavender is it? Lavender, just lavender. Yeah, which yeah, is that's another... a, a children's nursery yeah. rhyme that but they turned into a song. But Kaylee is a is a is a yeah, great eighties eighties biggest classic. hit. I mean, it would have yeah. been number one if it hadn't been for Ferry Cross the Mersey. That's true. That time. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, there you go. Crystal, you've got homework. A bit of homework. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I do. <laughs> I, I think, you know, like Pav said, I think Kaylee and that is just... I think it'd be fine. You know, that's, yeah. that is literally a, an ode to his old girlfriend called Kaylee. It's first love. And there's the song. And it's mm. a, it's a lovely, I mean, the lyrics are beautiful. I think it's a great song. Yeah. Song. Pav does a great version. Of I it. sang it. For, I did a Facebook live last week and sang it for your mum. Oh, she asked for it. So to, but I'll tell you, it's a, it's a tough one to sing. 
I it's a imagine. tough one to sing because, like you say, there are a lot of lyrics mm. forced into a very small little gap. So you got yeah. you got to get it right, <laughs> otherwise you just like trip over your tongue all the time. But mm. uh, okay, my number six uh, is another duo, and we just mentioned him actually. It's Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Um, honorable mentions for me. Honorable mentions. Number three. Number three. I think with. Um, and I will put this on the video playlist. There's some fantastic footage of the 70s where they're doing a documentary about Elton John and they're talking about the way that they write their songs. They do it in separate rooms. Bernie Taupin will send him some lyrics and he just casually just goes, like, I've got this one here and takes it off the top of his piano. And he said, this is one called Tiny Dancer, he said. So I just start playing some chords and he said, blue jean, baby. And he's just like tinkering on it and just sort of working it out. And it's a song that's like as legendary as as Tiny Dancer. And And you see it just at the start when he's just working out how to play it. And the fact that... There was an album out a couple of well, a f- few years ago called Two Rooms, where a lot of f- yeah. um, famous people covered Elton John and Bernie Taupin songs, right. and there was some fantastic. I've, I've never been able to find it anywhere. It's not on any streaming service. It's not. On any, it's not on like Apple Music or anything. But it makes you realise that for them, not working together as in the same room, mm. but working apart, worked for them, and again. I've I've spoken about Elton John songs on like seventies albums and seventies and loads of other episodes that we've done. As a hit ratio, I think as in singles especially, there there isn't any, many people as good as Elton John and Bernie mm. Taupin when it comes to writing classic seventies. I, I mean, it showed songs. that they needed to be together. Yeah, because when yeah. he when he went alone or whatever that awful dance thing that he did, do you remember in the eighties when he was on his own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was I, dreadful, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he did. He, he he did a couple of albums that weren't particularly good, did he? But no, uh, but yeah, but no. So, Crystal, number three for you. Number three for me is Carol King. Oh um, no, no, no! Elton John, Elton John was number three for you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm on number five. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. just asking you what, in regards to Sorry. Elton John. Sorry. Oh, God, I am like... <laughs> so, I'm like right. It's my turn. Oh, Lordy. Yeah, no, I was oh, asking no. you about Elton John. Sorry, sorry. That's yeah, okay. Elton John. Um, um, Like you said, so many songs. I happen to have a soft spot in my heart for The Bitches Back. Yeah, great tune. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... um. It, it's one of those just that's it mm. you know mm. deal with me yeah um um saturday night's all right for fighting goodbye yellow brick road mm. i mean then you've got you know the massive hit candle in the wind yeah i mean just it one thing i really like about him is there's not to me there's not an elton john sound like you look at like a, a Sarah McLaughlin or a Stevie Nicks and you know, that mm. that's one of their songs. Elton John's songs sound different from each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Considering that he, he plays and obviously writes his stuff on the piano, things like Saturday night's all right for fighting and the bitches back are great rock songs, mm-hmm. you know, that are like mainly guitar based. Um, and he's, he's great. Kiss the bride is another great one from the eighties that he did which is another great sort of really good yeah. rock sort of song rather than just a piano-based um, piano song. But no, 
that's um, that's uh, good points there, and also we sort of we know what your number five is now. I think. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's why. Skip ahead. I'm really good at like just trying to stay on task. Okay. <laughs> so actually, Crystal, what is your number five? My number five big surprise is Carol King. Okay. <laughs> Lord, I'm so sorry for screwing up the plan. No, no, that's fine. fine. That was my no. fault. That was my fault. That no, was. it was mine. Okay. Um, uh, so why Carol King? Um, she was one of those forerunners in like women's empowerment, um, personal growth kind of thing. You look at tapestry. Um, you know, you make me feel like a natural woman. I feel the earth move. Um, you've got a friend. Um, so far away, walk on by. And of course, she sings the um, the theme song to my very favorite show of all time, which is Gilmore Girls. And the song is Where You Lead. Um, so I just, I love the idea of this woman who's coming into her own and speaking her mind, but with a soft voice. Right. See, now I didn't realize I've, I've only ever known Carol King and tapestry. I didn't realize she wrote all those other songs. Yeah. I didn't realize that at all. So it's, and I think that's it with a lot of these people that are mainly songwriters that you don't realize a lot Mm. of like, I was looking Smokey Robinson was nearly in my top 10 because I looked at the songs that he's actually written and I thought, oh my God, he wrote My Girl. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, you know, you think, Jesus, you know, and these yeah. are all these classic songs. So I didn't realize that with Carol King. I didn't realize yeah. she wrote Walk On By and things like that. Mm. And prior, prior to Tapestry and, and becoming a performer, she wrote in, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with this, The Brill Building, um, which was basically a songwriting factory in the 60s. Oh, right. Yeah, so she and Jerry Goffin, who was her husband, um, they wrote a lot of hits for, like, Leslie Gore and I forget who else, but, yeah, she wrote a lot of hits for other people in the 60s. Mm. Wow. Have you seen a musical, Crystal? Well, the musical of her songs. I have not. Um, I would like to. It's it's mm. one that I have not seen, um, but I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah, I've been told it's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I've not seen it. So, and she did British Summertime in the UK only like three or four years ago. Before just before COVID, she did. High I did. Park. I saw that. Yeah, I saw, I saw clips of that on mm. it must be on YouTube. But yeah, I'll put some clips of that on uh, on the video oh, yeah. list if it's on there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then Neil, you're number five. So we've already talked about him, Prince. Oh. He is my number five. I mean, there's a guy that can turn his hand to any song, wrote for other people, a lot of other people um, as well. I think he was just a natural-born songwriter. He was Well, he's a natural-born musician as well, isn't he? You know, he um, alleged, uh, uh, apparently could play 12 um, instruments, you know, to the top standard. I can't yep. even name 12 instruments. That's <laughs> but I, I'm, we spoke about him so much, so much on all the, a lot of the other podcasts. I think the guy was a genius. I think, you know, he was gone too a long, yeah. very much too soon. Yeah. He had so much more to give. Um, 
I mean, he was somebody that lived in, as Kevin Smith very rightly said, lived yeah. in Prince World, didn't he? Yeah, he was he, in his own world. But yeah, and it was it was said that like Paisley Park, every single room in the house had the facility to record. Did so it? Wh- wherever yeah. he was, wow. if he if he needed to, he could press record and start playing mm. and writing stuff wherever he was. In the yeah. in, in the in in the house or in the, the compound complex or whatever it is, but I don't know if they still do it. But you you were you could go and have tours around Paisley Park, couldn't you? Oh, I wouldn't mind doing that. Once, that. Be once interesting. He, yeah, once he passed yeah. away, mm. so that would be amazing. It would be interesting to go and see it, all, wouldn't it? But you think? I mean, I mean, it was quite a long career, but in the, in the scheme of things, he had so much more to give. But yeah, you think how many bloody songs that guy wrote? Oh well. my god! Yeah, they said that there's there's in the Prince Vault. There is enough, I think, enough material to release an album a year for like the next thirty years. It's wow. crazy, said, isn't it? It's just crazy, it. yeah. Mm. But but so prolific, yeah, and so uh, good. It's so well. good, yeah, so good, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, my number five was Benny Anderson and Bjorn Yevelius, <laughs> whatever his name is. <laughs> Hello, family. <laughs> Big summer blowout. Um, uh, number four, uh, Crystal, you said was Paul Simon. Paul Simon, yeah. Yep. So Neil, what's your number four? So it's uh, it's our um, David Bowie. Um, our David Bowie. Our David Bowie. Um, I think it's another artist that changed the face of popular music. You know, we had the Beatles. We've spoken about the Beatles. We've spoken about the Stones and people like that from the sixties. But I think Bowie did it as well. You know, he made things a bit more acceptable. Uh, you know, it was acceptable to be a little bit different, I think, mm-hmm. Bowie brought to the table. But not only that, he brought great, great music from the very start, timeless music. Excuse me. I did sort of fall out with him a little bit in some of the 80s stuff. I didn't go too much on it. <clears throat> but then he sort of rediscovered it. And his last album with Lazarus and everything on there, I've, I've fallen in love with now again. Sort of, I didn't listen to. It. I felt a bit sort of morbid to listen to that last album, but now I'm I'm completely in love with it. Lyrics are superb, the music superb, and we forget he was a talented musician. You know, yeah. people talk about his songwriting and lyrics, but let's not forget he was he was a good song, you know, a good musician himself. Um, mm. And yeah, I'm just glad he still played a lot. You know, there was this awful worry at one time when they all passed in that dreaded 2016 where everybody yeah. went. That I thought he might get a little bit forgotten, but thankfully not. Um, mm. And I think he needs a lot of credit of what he changed in the musical scene. He wasn't one of those artists that sort of changed with the times. He was the one of the mm. artists that made the times change. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well put, Pav. Yeah. He was. He was Absolutely. on. Always on the the curve. Mm rather than being the one that was following the curve. And yeah. I think that was one of the things about him was like, that was unique. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I used to be scared of him a little bit when I was younger. We had the Hunky Dory album, which is probably still my favourite. And then my brother, was it my brother? Or somebody had the the Man Who Fell to Earth, a poster of him as the alien. It always creeped me out. Yeah. <laughs> and I still yeah. think of it when I see him. It's I think Ziggy like... Stardust used to freak me out. Yeah, I think, but it was that thing. That's what he wanted, wasn't it? Yeah, it absolutely. To not look like a normal person to no. to, to challenge. Yeah, sort of like, well, here I am. What do you think of me? What it, What am he was I? Like the original non-binary, wasn't he? It was yeah, the original. Yeah. Uh, back then, you know, it, it was just the norm for him. So yeah, 
yeah, and there was an always absolute... always little bits of con, con, uh, controversy with him, wasn't it? Like mm. China Girl video, I can always remember. Yeah, where he got banned because there was just a little bit of rumpy pumpy in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all wanted to watch it, didn't we? And we, we all, all yeah, we yeah. all stayed up late to watch it because they loved the uncut four. video. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I remember those days as well. Yeah, a rumpy pumpy. I'll see it for me. <laughs> Seeing him in in Labyrinth in the eighties, oh, yeah. I mean, who else could have played the Goblin King? I know he was amazing. Who else he could fill good. that cod piece like he did? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I still he, wonder if that was all Bowie. I don't, yeah. We'll never know. We'll never know. Wow. We'll ask her, what was her name? Who's it? Iman? Jennifer Connelly. Oh, Iman is his wife. Yeah. 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 Well, she never had any complaints. So. I'm sure she didn't. I'm sure she didn't. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. My number four is the boss, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Now, I've 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 fallen in love with Bruce Springsteen over the last I don't know twenty odd years more every day, and I think every time you see clips of him live or or you see the YouTube videos of his three and a half hour shows, where he and, and I don't know he's got to be in his sixties now, any late sixties I would have thought. Oh, no, early seventies, yeah, early seventies. Yeah, yeah, he was on the Zoe Ball Breakfast Show, which is a huge breakfast show in this country, and he was on yeah. Monday morning live oh, right. on the. On the radio, because he's got a new album. He's, he out. has, yeah. It's for the soul covers, isn't it? It is, and they're really good. They're yeah, he does a version of Night Shift, the old Commodore yeah. song, yeah, which is really good. And but, so he was there talking, and yeah, he said, I'm in yeah. my 70s now, but I still don't go to bed at six o'clock in the morning. Really? Mm. I mean, he's he's the ultimate rocker, I, I feel. Yeah. Um, there was a great, as much as I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of um, Jimmy Fallon, there was a great bit of, video, of uh, footage of him talking about the lyrics from oh god what was the song screen door slams thunder road oh yeah and he was saying about because jimmy fallon asked him on that, that lyric screen door slams mary's dress now he said is it sways or is it waves and springsteen was saying he said he had the album he had the the born to run is it born to run album i think it was a born to run album and he said he said during those days he said i was so meticulous i was like it's perfection i made sure that everything was perfect about my albums and about my records he said and if you open it up and you read it it's he said now i've for the last 40 years have sung the song mary's dress sways and he said, and he read the lyrics, and the lyrics on in the album says Mary's dress waves. <laughs> so he said, he said the album is wrong. He says, <laughs> but as a as a as an artist, yeah. he just seems to have that knack of being able to put into words stuff that a normal person would feel, but in a way that makes you feel like either you're something special or mm. that you are a lost soul finding something or looking for something. Um, I don't think there's anybody like him. I, I really don't. And yeah, sometimes there are songs unique. you can tell. You know, there's a song you think that's a Springsteen song, mm. but there are moments in songs that you think that is. There, there's a couple of songs of his. Uh, one that he had from an album that Western Star a couple of years ago called Hitchhiking. And there's a couple of little lines in there that you think that is just Springsteen, just to a T. You mm. know, in a couple of chords and a couple of words. It's fantastic. So yeah, so not in your, either of your top tens. Honorable mentions. Wow. Yeah, honorable. I put him as an honorable, honorable mention. Honorable mention. 
Mm. That's fair enough. Okay, so uh, Crystal, Elton John and Bernie Taupin was, was your number three. Yep. So Neil, your number three. So if I say this name, Mark Oliver Everett, does anybody know who that is? No. It's, he's known as E, and he's from the band Eels. Um, <clears throat> do you know the band, Crystal? No, I have uh, not heard of them. Ah, LA band. Um, another band that I've been with from the journey from the start. Um, of course, I was in my 20s. They released their album in the mid-90s. Loved it and have subsequently followed him since. And again, he writes to what I feel to me, if that makes sense. So a lot of his songs resonate hugely with me and what's going on and what's being done and things like that. So... Yeah, I just had to put him there because of the way I followed his career, been to see him live and everything. Um, again, I know they're not for everyone. And they do very much, he does very much, um, it's either full out, I'm not going to say rocky, let's say a full out funky tune, or he does a very good ballad. He, 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 I don't know, I just, I admire his songwriting immensely. That's from the Eels, yeah? Eels, yeah. Right. Not to get confused with the mighty Bushes eels. Okay, <laughs> they are fair enough. Oh, he's, he's one of your favourites. You've mentioned him and that band numerous loads times. Of times yeah, them. and well, you know how many times I've been to see Indeed. them. I even Indeed. took my son to see them as his very first gig. There you go. Wow. He's, he's been thanking you ever since, hasn't he? Oh, he loved it. Yeah. Well, go. it's given him the bug. So Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Uh, my number three. If you're going to have songs and songwriters, anybody that has listened to all of our music podcasts will know I have to have this man in because I love him. And it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Any angle that I can get Lin-Manuel Miranda in there. You, If you want to talk about great songs, but songs that are complicated, that how the hell did he write these songs and put these songs together? Even if you just talk about Hamilton... And you look at those and you think, how did he do that? How did him as a man, as flesh and blood and bones and muscles and sinews and brains and just able to come up with things like that? And then also go on to everything else that he's that he's done, whether it's written for Moana or Encanto. Mm. I'm just, I'm in his groove. As I've said before, I'm anything that guy does... I am just there for, and it's just crazy. It was crazy that it took me like a year and a half to watch mm. Encanto. It was crazy that I didn't really think oh, it was because of lockdown that I watched Hamilton the first time. And now I just am in love with everything that that mm. man does. So I don't know what anybody mm. else feels about him, but I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. I, I was fortunate enough to see Hamilton on Broadway. I did not see original cast. Right. So I did not see Lynn there, but I, I am right there with you. I'm in love with everything he does. Mm. He's a great songwriter. And, and the fact that he was it last year with Encanto, he managed to get a hit with the song which has been a long time coming from a, a, okay. a disney film you yeah. know that it was at number one for however long yeah, yeah we don't talk crazy. about bruno yeah, that's it it was, it was huge and it was so, it was, it was really not. strange because because obviously with the fact that we've got like little grandkids that like d just devour disney films and you have to put them on just to keep them quiet yeah so we put I put Encanto on for like my granddaughter and just think right I'll leave her to it and you know and it didn't even occur to me that it was Lin Manuel Miranda until I saw a documentary like a little making of 
I thought I didn't realize, didn't realize he was involved in that. So I sat down the next time with my granddaughter and I was bawling my eyes out because it was so beautiful. But some of the songs are just like great, energetic, you know, songs. But, but, you know, the, the, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the song now, but the, the sort of sad, the couple of sad ones that are in it. And I was just in pieces and he's got that knack mm. with me. You know, um, it's Quiet Uptown, which is the, is the one from, um, uh, Hamilton, Hamilton that when we went and saw it uh in London that must have been a couple of years ago now luckily everybody was wearing masks because it was still covid times so nobody could see me blubbering and crying like a just a little <laughs> wuss when it's quiet uptown it's a beautiful song but it is heartbreaking i won't spoil it for mm-hmm. anybody that have you seen hamilton yet neil hands up apologies <sighs> <laughs> come on you've got to do it if not part i'm gonna me, i'm gonna come around your me, place and sit there with you and make you watch ooh, it <laughs> part of me a part of me want because you know i do like to go to the theater a lot yeah so part of me wants to go and see it rather than watch it on the telly so i've put it on the list for next year to go I w- to the but i would say watch it on the tv first because it is the og yeah. but then if if it's that good and then the live version i know it should be the live good. the live version was fantastic but mm. they're just not as good as the og cast they're just not right. and well, that's maybe no, dis- Christmas, no disrespect Christmas to the period. yeah no disrespect to the guys and gals that mm. are doing it. it is they they are fantastic but you, you gotta watch it with the original crowd but yeah so number three for me lim manuel miranda uh crystal you're number two please number two is Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Um, Honorable mention for me. Yeah. Growing up in Southern California, you know, they were part of the soundtrack of my life. And, you know, Darlin' is a beautiful song. Um, And then you get into the whole, you know, wouldn't it be nice and in my room and surfer girl and good vibrations good vibrations it it just evokes such at least for me such specific memories and i think even you know for those who are you know didn't grow up near the beach like i did um it it just it paints a picture Mm. of a time and place and and an idyllic setting and an idyllic way of of growing up and i just i think he's absolutely brilliant i mean you go Mm. back to we've talked a little bit about you know sometimes the lyrics or the melodies are so simple but i compare it to cooking because one of the tests of a good chef is can they make eggs Mm. Mm. can they make a good egg it's a very simple thing but it's hard to do same thing here it seems so simple, but mm. it's not easy to do. And he's he he's a wackadoodle genius. He indeed perfectionist but, as well, isn't he? Right? Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah no, that's a that's a great one. It is a you great Beach choice, Boys actually. fan, Neil? I am. It's they're the ones. They're the sort of band that I will listen to and then forget about for a while to listen to. Does that make sense? Mm. <laughs> you know, they're not on a continuous thing on my playlist. And I, I don't know why. 
It's probably because I keep forgetting about it. You can take for granted, can't you? Yeah, oh, yeah, you really It's the Beach do. Boys, it's like surfer music. It's, but yeah. then when you dig down, you you know. And then Little you Saint Nick was always one of my favourite Christmas yeah. ones as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was on one of the like compilation Christmas albums I had when I was like a kid. I mean, I grew up with pet sounds yeah you know it was one of them the vinyl that was in the cupboard that would get played so i don't know why i don't i need oh, i've got to rectify this now indeed indeed <laughs> yeah. you have but no um, i do listen to them yeah on occasion okay then go on then you're number two well this is the chap that i thought you would have thought i had number one is eddie vedder oh right pearl okay. jam um now, he's moved higher up because I'm still buzzing from seeing them in the summer on the tour. Um, and like I said before, I got treated to go into the gold circle for my birthday. And I've just still in love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Had to oh, do that. Sorry. <laughs> um, but obviously he writes the lyrics for Pearl Jam. They work as a unit to write the whole song. Um, but he, he's got a solo stuff. And I think... Um, speaks volumes to how it feels sometimes is his song Society, whether you know that. It's from the movie Into the Wild. I think it's just a beautiful song. Um, I find it fascinating. That, and people say, oh, I don't understand what he's saying. And I get that. But read the lyrics and then find out that he is singing just poetry sometimes. Um, and his new album, I've fallen in love with, and now they've released a deluxe part of it. I just can't stop listening to it at the moment. It's taken over my airwaves. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give him right up there at number two because yeah, he's a, I respect that. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't him. get it. I don't get pro jam. <laughs> well, have you listened to his solo stuff? I, I've not listened to his solo stuff, but a part of it, I, I did do like I did with Radiohead. Yeah. I had an afternoon of listening to pro jam and I can't, I mean, look, I, I don't want to disrespect you, Neil, as well, because I know how much you love them. Mm. But like I think I said to you, didn't I? There was one song I can't remember what it was that actually made me laugh. No, oh, did it? Well, and I can't you remember understand which, what you were saying. Well, or? no, because there was just it just seemed to me like it was a comedy song, and 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 I said to you about it, and I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, I can't remember. And you actually yeah. said, I I don't know. I'll have to try and find it because yeah, was, I can't I was, remember what song. Yeah, I can't remember. What, I'll have to try and find out what song it was. But and mm. I didn't want to disrespect you because I know how much you love them. Yeah, I do. Always have also, since ninety one. Yeah, it's also 10. like it, it is when you said that you can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> I mean, the, the famous one is the song "Yellow Leadbetter." I would all. Right. honestly say listen to it and think what he's singing because okay. even i don't know the lyrics to that one what's it called yellow lead better it's an absolutely beautiful song and it yellow wasn't even an album better. track um okay i'll put that on the video playlist but you need to watch it with lyrics because even okay. i can't do that okay. <laughs> it's like whoa okay but i think he's a genius songwriter and he is yeah. you know his solo stuff and he's such an accomplished musician that people don't mm. give him the credit for he really is i mean when you sit and sit, watch him finger pluck the guitar like he does it's just oh i find it phenomenal yeah, fair play and he did a whole album on the ukulele as well did he well there you go he's gone right yeah. up in my estimations and if he's a yuki <laughs> yeah, if he's a yuki is. player then goodness he me Maybe yeah he's I'll done a great song that, um they've they put it on the the uh, deluxe bit of the um earthling um album with cat stevens 
Oh, he's right. playing the ukulele. Cat Stevens is singing, and then there's—I think it's his daughter does the backing vocals for. All oh, right, and it's absolutely—I think it's a lovely little ditty. It's literally about two minutes long, and I think it's great. Oh, I'll have to look out for that then. Maybe yeah. that's the gateway I need in to Eddie. Yeah, well, maybe then, it's the, the solo stuff. Album. Like my son prefers his solo stuff because oh, right. he finds it a bit calmer. Right. Yeah. Whereas, like the Pearl Jam, you could get bashed out by the heavy as well as having the 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 more mellow stuff whereas his solo stuff is a lot more mellow yeah yeah okay Mm. let's give that a go eh okay uh my number two uh is someone that i've i think it was 1983 uh the bbc had a live it was he was playing at wembley arena live and they did like in two parts for some reason i don't know why but it's billy joel and 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 it was um it was during the Innocent Man tour. And for some reason, yeah, they had the first half of the gig live and then they did the second part of it. I think they play, showed it the following night at like half past mm. 10 or something stupid. I don't know what it was. But I fell in love with all the songs then and I'd bought the Innocent Man album and then I went back right to the start, Cold Spring Harbour, where he sounds like um, Chip and Dale because they apparently got the 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 mixing or mastering of the album wrong so it is at the wrong speed so his voice is a little bit higher which but there's some beautiful songs in there there's and then and then i bought every single album mm. and and carried on until like his last proper album which i think was i think stormfront was his last proper album because he sort of stopped doing when would pop, that have been pop, so that would have been in the early 90s early 90s yeah so river of river of dreams and Mm. all of that kind of stuff and then that was the last album that he sort of did properly i mean he's doing i think doesn't he do monthly shows at madison square garden i think every i think he still does yeah he plays a lot there and he he does um periodically he has a station on sirius xm oh does he he does shows for yeah right i've i've seen him i think three four times live uh, the last time Oh, I would go again. Yeah, he's I mean, he did play summertime next year. Did he? But uh, yeah. no, next year he's he's in London next year. Is he is in London doing next the year? Hyde Park. Yeah, really. Mm. I mean, he's fantastic live, and he's another one a bit like Elton John in regards that he's done some kick-ass rock songs. Considering mm. he is a, a, a you know a piano player, um, I always I think don't... he looked the most unlikely rock oh, star as well, doesn't he? Without a doubt, and then the fact that he got to. Uh, you know, you got to marry Christy Brinkley. I mean, goodness me. I mean, if you know, it's like you ask Christy Brinkley, you know, what do I find attractive about multi millionaire Billy Joel? That's, what, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing, isn't it? But I think, uh, there, I think my favorite album's uh, album of his is Nylon Curtain, which is very Beatles, um, mm. very uh, Beatles influenced. But there are, there are great songs. Um, I'm trying to think. Street Life Serenade is the name of the album. There's a song in on there called The Great Suburban Showdown, mm-hmm. which is all about somebody that is going back home and he doesn't mm. want to go back home. You know, he's he's got his life. And it is a fantastic song. It is just so melancholy and just mm. like heart-wrenching because he knows, you know, he's going back, he's going home to say goodbye, basically, which is one of the lines in the in the song. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a bad album um from from billy joel so for me that's my number two great choice right then before we get on to our number ones uh, let's do a countdown from number 10 to number two crystal then neil will do the same then i'll do the same far away
Okay, number 10 is Dolly Parton. Number 9 is Martin Gore from Depeche Mode. Uh, number 8, Stephen Page and Ed Robertson from Bare Naked Ladies. 7 is Sarah McLaughlin. 6 is Stevie Nicks. 5 is Carol King. 4 is Paul Simon. 3 is Elton John and Bernie Taupin. And Brian Wilson comes in at number 2. Wonderful. Neil? Fantastic. Same so, with you, please. You've got to say his last name, though. Oh, I'll just say <laughs> number 10, Ben and Bjorn from ABBA. <laughs> number nine, Sam Cooke. Number eight, Peter Gabriel. Number seven, Leonard Cohen. Number six, Fish from Marillion. Number five, Prince. Number four, David Bowie. Number three, E from the Eels. Number two, Eddie Vedder. Well done. Ah. Why did you say it like that? I was going to pretend to be. <laughs> okay. Uh, mine is number 10, John Lennon. Nine, Jeff Lynne from the Electric Light Orchestra. Eight, George Harrison. Seven, Paul Simon. Six, Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Five, Benny Anderson and Bjorn Ulvaeus. Uh, four, Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Three, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And number two, Billy Joel. So, Crystal, what is your number one songwriter of all time? My number one is your number two, Mr. William Joel. Hey! <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, yeah, I, again, he's he's one of these people who can just craft a song and he can tell a story, man. Mm. Um, you know, piano man and scenes from an Italian restaurant. That's the and, ultimate story song. I right? Think. That is the ultimate story mm. song. And then the one that touches my heart the most is the one he wrote for his daughter, Lullaby. Yeah. Love yeah. it. So he just runs such a gamut. And then like you were talking about, you know, with Innocent Man, I love the, the doo-wop feel to it and, you know, for the longest time. Yeah. And he's just, he's done so many different styles and done them well. Mm. And like you, I, I mean, I've seen him in concert several times and I, I, there could, I could see him 15 shows in a row and he wouldn't have the same set list. No, that's right. He's no, got that many. Yeah. Yeah. There's not many artists that can do that, is there? No. At all. No. And there will still be songs that were hits and it'll still yeah. be songs that people know. One thing that surprised me, because my favorite Billy Joel song of all time is from the Stranger album. It's called Vienna. And it, it wasn't it wasn't a hit. It wasn't a, a hit song. And I played it one time and my daughter went, Oh, I love that song. I said, How do you know that song? And it was on it was in Princess Diaries or some Disney like kids film. <laughs> and I thought, Oh well, that, that's so cool that like my, my daughter knows that song. Because for some there is something about that song out of all I mean, I love nearly every Billy Joel. There isn't many mm. Billy Joel songs that I could think, oh, I could do without that one. But but that is, that is my favourite. I'm so chuffed that that's, that's your number one. That is so cool. That is so cool. Ah, So, Neil, is Billy Joel your number one? No, I'm afraid <laughs> okay. not. I'm sorry. I, did I, I, know did, I did I ruin the surprise at the very start of the podcast? What, who my number one is? Yeah. No, it's Timmy Mallet. <laughs> Timmy Mallet. Crystal's no. not going to know who no, Timmy Mallet is. No, of course not. He was a children's entertainer in the UK. He was, he was shit. Yeah. Crystal, <laughs> let's be honest, he was shit. Um, now, originally, I wrote Lennon and McCartney because the way they, um, 
you know, had put them on the um, <clears throat> my number one. Uh, the, they labelled themselves for all their songs and the way they work together. So I will say John Lennon because I've got all most of his solo stuff over Paul McCartney's. Um, but I just I find their Beatles stuff fascinating still now to this day that they managed to do what they did together yeah. and the songs they wrote. I just I still we've talked about all these other artists mind boggling, but for what little they had to what they produced and then what they became. I, I no, find just, it, just so, just so we can all talk about it. Paul McCartney is my number one. Is it? Okay, okay. So Paul McCartney well, we and John Lennon. Lennon we, and McCartney, yeah. So are. Lennon and McCartney, but, but yeah, carry on Neil. Yeah. I just find it fascinating that the two of them, you know, what they achieved, what they did in such a short space of time as well. And the way they changed, I I don't think we're ever going to see the likes of that again at no. all. I don't think we can. And, uh, you know, and the fact that everybody, I, I've never really met somebody that hates the Beatles. Now I've met people that don't like all of the Beatles, but will like a Beatles song. Um, it's, 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 it's sort of like a phenomenon, isn't it? In itself, that mm. there is that. But I also find John Lennon's solo stuff, great you know i i, I perked up and, and said about working class hero i i love that song and i still think it's relevant today yeah uh, even more probably so um so yeah let's put john lennon lennon and mccartney at number yeah. one for me so you're going to go lennon and mccartney i'm going to put it like that yeah okay. because it is that's what i initially put and it's it just I find it almost mind-blowing what they achieved in such a short space of time. And mm. I, I also will say about John Lennon, he's another character, you know, I wish I'd seen what he'd done. I wish we all had that experience of seeing what he'd done after, Yeah, you know, from now on, whether he'd still be doing the magic that he did or whether, it, you know, that was all he had. And I don't mm. know, it just blows my mind. Well, the thing, the th- thing I'd say with McCartney as well is that he went through the Beatles stuff and came yeah. up with some of the most icon- iconic songs of all time, the most successful yeah. songs of all time, the most popular songs of all time. Mm. Then went from that to Wings, where he then wrote some again. of the most successful and most popular songs of yeah. all time. Then went solo and did some amazing songs solo. Mm. I mean, look, has his voice gone now? Is he? Should he sort of give up? Maybe he should. But I watched him at um, Glastonbury. Not, I wasn't at Glastonbury. No. And it hit me then that the man is a he's a just a goddamn legend. He is a legend, you know. And I think people yeah. take advantage of him, and people will laugh at him. And I, the little clip I did on was Meet Free Monday, which. Mm. Which anybody that has listened to Kevin and Bean and that one know that that is like not one of <laughs> not one of McCartney's um, highlights, you know. And he, you listen to some of his like new stuff, and it's not a patch, obviously. On you know, no. he's probably used every chord in every way that he can over what would it be fifty year? No, sixty years. Sixty, sixty years. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely crazy. There was one song he had recently that I thought was very good. Um, it was just before lockdown that last album he had. Was it Come Over Me or whatever it is? Um, was it? Oh, God, are you sure you like, talking no, about it was Paul in McCartney the, I mean, now? It became, yeah, yeah, n- not, not in a... Not I, in yeah, a I think nudge, I know the one you wink, mean, wink. yeah. It was yeah. Quite, a, quite, a, quite a simple sort of song, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it was, a, it was a typical McCartney song, yeah. but it was so catchy. It's a, it, we talked about Earworms before and that had it straight there, and he's a master of it. 
but the two of them together i mean yeah yeah cool. i saw i saw him live in 94 i think it was what was the album that the my brave face or was that 94 was it yeah flowers in the dirt was the album that came right out. and we went to wembley and it was he had a, a great band um, Wembley Stadium was it? Wembley Arena. All oh, right, okay. And before he came on stage, there were like screens, and it was flashing up images of the Beatles and Wings, mm. and it hit me then, and I genuinely started crying because I thought I'm see- I'm going to see a Beatle, mm. I'm going to see a Beatle, and he was amazing. It was like two and a half hours, Springsteen esque. Every song, like even the songs from the album that he was, you know, the Flowers in the Dirt were all hit songs. So, mm. Song after song, fall on the hill, you know, live and let die, long and winding road, mm. hey Jude, and it was just like it was just mm. it was. I think it's the, the the greatest live show I've ever seen, without a shadow of a doubt. And that just shows you. I think, like you say, you take for granted who he mm. is now, and he's eighty now, and he's of yeah, course. yeah, and the fact that he's doing that. Uh, you know, he is I mean, a, I mean, I had friends that were there at the Glastonbury, and they sat, they stayed and watched him. He was near on three hours, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, at eighty. Well, he was like eighty say, the day after. His voice is gone, you know, and he's. But he's, he didn't he's, need the voice. It, the crowd carried it yeah, nearly, and exactly. then he had obviously the backing singers, and he's got surrounded himself with the world's best musicians. So exactly, exactly. So, Crystal, which one are you a bigger fan of, Lennon or McCartney? <sighs> yeah it's like which child yeah um yeah. I, I would give the edge to mccartney okay um i feel like lennon can be a little more self-indulgent yeah um but not to take away from either one of them I, and the, the the main reason they weren't on on my list is because i didn't have as personal a connection to their music as i had no. to you have the other things I had on my list, mm. but I mean, it's hard to argue that, you know, together or separate, they're not the greatest. Yeah. 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 I mean, McCartney wasn't as political, I suppose, as John Lennon. That was the thing, isn't it? And that is whether yeah. you, I don't know, give Ireland back to the Irish was a, well, was a yeah, but I mean, John Lennon one. was doing it from a very young time, wasn't he? I mean, he's more known as being your sort of, Outspoken, and you can't get more political than. I mean, can you? I thought you were going to play the frog chorus. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, that's the I most mean, political song. You I'm, did. I'm getting worried that this podcast episode is going to get taken off the air because I'm playing. I mean, you can't get any more political than that, Neil. Come on. Wow. I'll put that. One. I'll put that video on the video playlist. <laughs> okay, so that everyone can see what we're talking about. Um, okay, uh, honorable mentions. Uh, we've only got a few here. So at and why not pod said, I mean, it has to be Springsteen. Fantastic storytelling through great songs. Uh, at this one, Samantha said, Amy Winehouse, straight from the heart. Uh, at FTLOL podcast said, like a good Disney song, especially Lion King and Aladdin. So Tim Rice. So Lion King was Tim Rice and was Elton John. Elton John. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nikki Dennis said Cat Stevens, Leonard Cohen, Carol King. How can I forget Neil Diamond, who of course wrote yeah. amazing songs for other mm. people. Glenn Campbell and my favourite, George Harrison. Uh, and at the God of Pod gave me his own 10. It was number 10, Shania Twain. Number 9, Ray Davis of the Kinks. 8, Kurt Cobain. 7, Paul Simon. 6, Ian Brown. 5, Axel Rose. 4, Kelly Jones from Stereophonics. 3, Noel Gallagher. 2, John Lennon. And 1, Paul McCartney. 
Mm-hmm. So there you go. Crystal, we've done it again. Yay! <laughs> We've done yes. it, we've done it, we've done it. So um, before we say our thank yous and our goodbyes, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us? Are of you ready? Steady, go. Email us at top10pods at hotmail.com. You can ask us any questions you like or give us some any ideas for the top 10s you'd like to hear. You can find us on all the social media sites at top10pods. Do give us a click, give us a like, whatever you do on those. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com. Guess what? Forward slash top10pods, where you can get all sorts of rewards, where even being a guest yourself on the pod is up for grabs. Check out all of our links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. So please do come and subscribe. Leave us a review and rating wherever you get those podcasts from. Goodness me, that's going to be like flashcards on the YouTube channel. That is, this is going to be, but that was wonderfully done, Neil. Yeah, I don't want to keep repeating it slowly because people are going to go, oh. Well, no, because you've got to remember that like every episode Mm. could be be somebody's first episode. Oh, yes. That's what you got. Well, they'll have to rewind and listen again, then, won't they? And (laughs) the other thing you've got to remember is. Just remember I've that. Completely forgotten that. Oh, hey. dear. Anyway, Crystal, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it was such a fun time. I I appreciate the invitation. Love it. Well, you'll come and join us again in the new year. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your um, support. As always, it really means the world to us. Um, and and look out for something a little special in your uh, letterbox. That sounds very dirty. Postbox. <laughs> I didn't mean it to sound. I should I should give that one a little ding. Really, I didn't mean that to sound so so bad. I'm sorry, Crystal. Oh, uh, you dear. know what? I'll take a surprise in my box. Oh, wonderfully done. Uh, thank you once again, Crystal. Uh, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Pav. Thank you, Crystal. It's been wonderful as always. Indeed. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching and listening. And let's go start the countdown. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.